This episode of FVS is brought to you by the Temple Brewing Company, Temple Brew House in Brunswick East, home of the award-winning bicycle beer. Temple's amazing beer is all brewed on site in the amazing brew house in Brunswick East. Their team of experienced and skilled brewers work hard to ensure that you enjoy every mouthful of delicious craft beer. It doesn't get any fresher than this. Your beer was brewed footsteps away from where you are enjoying it. The bar, restaurant, and function space big enough for 100 people ensures you can enjoy a comfy experience for any occasion. Visit the team at 122 Western Street in Brunswick East or give them a follow on Easter, Insta rather, at Temple Brewing. Roll Parade Creative is also on board as a sponsor of FES. They are a Melbourne-based studio that produces simple, clever design solutions done with a high level of care and sophistication. Specializing in brand identity development and redevelopment, campaign art direction, typography, illustration and digital, Roll Parade offers a lot of services you'd expect from a large agency without the large agency price tag. So if you need a new club badge, billboard, corporate logo or bar menus, get in touch and find out how Roll Parade can make it happen. They do our logo and it's amazing. So get in contact with them and mention FES to receive a 10% discount off your next design project. Brand Art Design Thinking Royal Parade PDE.com. Ambrosial Fold Designs are also a longtime sponsor of FES. They are seen on Married at First Sight and The Block. Located in Telemarine, Ambrosia specialize in weddings, functions, and corporate events. They also offer floral workshops, which make great gift ideas. Book a consultation for your next event by calling Leanne on 9338-3609 or you can contact her online at ambrosiafolddesigns.com. Also, you can mention FES to receive a discount off your next booking. Also, a replay of FES is broadcast each and every Tuesday at midday on our former home, FNR, Football Nation Radio. So if you get on there on Tuesdays at 12 p.m., you can listen to us again. Also, they've got a new breakfast show between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. I said p.m. last week, but it is, in fact, the morning, the breakfast show. So if you, uh, if you jump on to uh, FNR and listen to them for breakfast also. Big, big show today. We're in LA, we're in Melbourne, we're in Western Sydney, and we're also in Brazil. Let's get into it. Jeez, it's only round two, but you can feel the peanut gallery starting to get restless already. Welcome to, for fuck's sake, uh, recording at 6.47am on a Sunday morning Australian time. My name is Jason. I'm joining you live from Cambodia Town, USA. The boys, I reckon, have a lot to say this week. Um, it's going to be a huge episode. Joining me, as always, is the man of the people all the way in Watsonia, Buds. Hello and welcome to uh, yet another edition of FES. How are you? Excellent. I'm excellent. I'm better I'm better than Marco Kurtz at the moment. I'm tracking better. I'm in better form. Um, how are you, my man? I'm all right. Um, someone actually sent us a message during the week uh, picking up on our pronunciation of Marco Kurtz. Um, he sent us a YouTube video telling us how to mm. properly pronounce it. So it's Marco Quartz now. Uh, Got to keep uh, the the listeners happy. Uh, I'm all right. all right. It's been a it's been a big week for me, but I'm all right. So I'm happy to jump into some podcasting. The next person I'm going to introduce to you is making. Yeah, yeah. Have 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 you got some audio? Can you do an audio with just hands clapping, like vi- vigorous applause? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Uh, let's have a look. I can do it quickly. Give me a second. Uh, hands clapping. Uh, can I do a video? Uh, YouTube. You've got it's me on the hop here. You've got you. me on the happier. Um, no, yeah, I can't do it. Without notice. All right. <laughs> Just put it in later. Put it in later. All right, all right. The punters are getting what they want. The punters are getting what they want. Uh, it's been weeks upon weeks upon weeks. Where is the chief analyst of FES? Has he jumped shipped? Has he gone over to Western United? Uh, you know, what's what's going on with the chief analyst of FES? Uh, he's had these microphone issues ongoing for seemingly an eternity of time. But the chief analyst is finally back with FVS. Dave, are you there all the way, Marabina? Are you there? Hello? Good morning, Vuckers. Uh, it's actually yeah. Robbie Cruz here on the line. Uh, gee, it's, uh, it's really good 
It's really good to hear you motherfuckers again and to be sitting here at 6.30am chatting the fuck. Uh, Yeah, it's just great to be back. It's a relief, really. The uh, technical issues probably from the outside looking in sounded like a made-up story, but... uh, (laughs) I can assure everyone that uh, we were trying really hard to get this uh, happening and we're finally up and running. Yeah, we tried this last week. We did an intro with you about a 10, 15 minute intro using some other software, which just didn't work. So we've um, come onto a new software, Squadcast, which seems to be working a charm so far. Hopefully there's no interruptions between the three of us. It's the first time the three of us are doing this together. So hopefully there's no interruptions. We did a whole podcast last week, Buds and I as well, after you've jumped off the the intro, um, you had some issues here to jump off. Then Buds and I did a, a whole podcast and that's also... Uh, had some issues the audio file was corrupted so we had to record a second podcast on monday so hopefully we're through the uh the worst of the audio issues it's been a bit of a time trying to figure it out but um dave where have you been the last two months what's been happening actually not two months it's been about five months since you've been on the podcast what's been happening uh look much like the buck uh it's it's been a new beginning for me i've moved into a brand new house and uh a lot of my time has been consumed with getting that up to up to speed and doing a lot of but a lot of domestic stuff boys really not all that exciting um i've just been really pumped for the season though and uh the first two games have not probably delivered uh but uh and as we'll explore uh i think yeah it's a long season uh and we will definitely get into it and get down to brass tacks and try and figure out what's going on yeah that we will i I sense that you boys have a lot to say today so i think it's gonna be a good podcast uh so joining us uh, a little bit later on as well is michael turner who is the uh, host of uh, fan podcasts for the western sydney wanderers around the block had him on a few times before he's a great guest he'll be coming on to um to go through the match review against western sydney wanderers Uh, so we'll see both sides of the perspective uh with obviously uh victory and the dismal performance but also a pretty decent performance by western sydney wanderers and uh, we'll talk about all of that. Um, Gay Finkler is going to join us on the line, I think. I hope I've organised a, a, uh, an interview with him. Uh, you know, tomorrow I think it is. We're recording on Sunday at uh, six fifty-two a.m. We've teed this up, so if, if, he, if, he, if he falls through, um, then he's not going to be on this podcast. But all going to plan right now, he will be on the podcast. You've timed this one perfectly because he always um he always seems to really pop up on social media when we play the Wanderers because I dare say that free those couple of free kicks he scored against the Wanderers are like his career highlight reel so he really gets pumped up the A League always gives him a little bit too so timed that one very well my man you know that's Huge. that's how it came about I saw him reply to the A League uh, Twitter yeah. account talking about his goal I thought oh maybe it's worth a try <laughs> sending him a message and and uh, sure enough he responded so he's he's in Brazil right now and. I have all grace to plan. You'll hear him a little bit later on the podcast. And then we'll also preview the uh, third third round match against the Brisbane Raw. Hopefully the victory getting back on track. Now, before we get into it, there's a few things to cover off on. Of course, we are running an ongoing Patreon competition. We're in the final week uh, to sign up as a Patreon subscriber to be in the draw for an away trip. So we will pay for your airfares, your accommodation. We'll give you a match ticket as well as some spending money for booze and Ubers. It's going to be a huge prize and we have had a huge influx of Patreon subscribes since we launched live, but we are making a cut off the 25th of October, which is around three game against Brisbane Raw. You have until then to sign up to be in the running. We will draw it a little bit later on in the year, um, just before the Christmas derby. We've had a few people sign up since then. So in line with their reward tiers, a shout out to Liam Shira-Gibb, Dan Coop, Matt Stevenson. And I think last week as well, I had someone um, who I should have... Give a shout out to, and uh, my list is gone. Oh well, I'll, I'll look to rectify that next time. Um, but it's been a huge response, of course. So thank you to everyone who has uh, gotten on and uh, and contributed to um, the Patreon. If you do want to jump on, you've got a week to do it to be in the running. Patreon.com slash for fuck's sake. The money that um, is contributed by fans goes back pretty much into fans. So we're doing this away trip. We're doing giveaways. Uh, it also enables us to um, buy equipment to up our game. Um, you may have seen some video content on our social media channels over the last few weeks. That's all possible because of the Patreon contribution. So thank you to everyone has who has contributed so far and uh, we will make sure 
sure to give you more shout outs uh, to anyone who does jump on board in the next few days before next week's episode. One of the reward tiers, uh, which is a $5 reward tier, is to cu- curate the music theme for one week. This week, it, um, it was Andy's go. Now, Andy runs a... Uh, fan site which is called Lee Broxham Facts I think on Twitter and Facebook so I asked him what he wanted to do and his music theme was Lee Broxham so I'm not too sure if you know that if you know that um, <laughs> Lee Broxham about seven years ago um, we all know he's a DJ but also I didn't know that he uh, tried his hand at producing some music so he's got a SoundCloud up from uh, about seven years ago with some tracks uh, original tracks of his own so that's going to be the music theme original Lee Broxham tracks and if you are an electro music fan from you know the early 2010s, um, you may remember what that was like. So um, it's more of the same from Lee Broxham. Some pretty interesting stuff there. So yeah, Andy is uh, curating the music theme this week, and uh, and well done. You'll you'll get a chance to to play some Lee Broxham. It's uh, yeah, it's been a huge response to this to this competition. Um, Dave, you know you've you've been on the podcast for the first time this week. How have you fe- like seen the uh, the reaction to this to this uh, competition? It's been astonishing uh, and just so, yeah, encouraging. Like, I think uh, when we first started out, the whole Patreon thing, uh, I think we thought, you know, it'd be great if we had two or three people chipping in to help us out. Uh, But the way the VUC populace has gathered and given us the impetus to carry on, you know, as as has been documented, we nearly packed all this in uh, during this off season, mm-hmm. uh, and this has really given us the you know drive and determination, uh, and you know, a support to actually keep going. So it's awesome. Love you all. Absolutely, it does. I think I found those two people that uh, was missing. It was in my junk folders of the FES email notifications. Uh, Mo Hader and Chris Kirk, who signed up uh, recently as well. Uh, well done. And there are your shout outs. So let's get into a huge episode of FBS. Just a reminder about the For Vuck's Sake forum, forvucksake.com. Get on there and jump online with thousands of like-minded Victory fans talking all things Vuck all day and all night. Get on to forvucksake.com. Victory went down 2-1 to Western Sydney Wanderers on Friday night. A pretty ordinary performance that actually asked quite a few questions heading into the uh, the continuing rounds of the season. Joining us on the line is host of Around the Block, the Western Sydney fan podcast, Michael Turner. Uh, welcome back to FES. Uh, you're on the line right now. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Um, very tired. It's earlier than I'm normally awake, but um, yeah, no. Um, very happy to be here, and I think um, you guys asked me on before the results, so I'm sure you're slightly regretting that now. <laughs> That's all right. I think th- this is the the third time we've had you on. I think both times we may have beaten you. We definitely haven't yeah. lost against you, yeah. So I mean, it's it's good to get to have to have you finally get one up on us. Um, That's all right. Uh, we'll, we'll press on. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let Dave have first crack at it though. He's been waiting a very very long time. This is his first podcast on in about two months, so I'll let Dave have first crack at it. Um, Dave, I think this game will be punctuated by um, the poor showing of the midfield. That, as I said, asks a lot of questions as to where the victory heading under Marco Kurtz and also just uh, this this mid uh, midfield uh, shape. I'm not sure what's happening. How, how did you see the game? And uh, are you angry? Are you sad? Are you are you concerned? What's the overbearing feeling at the moment? Uh, frustrated uh, is probably the word. Uh, I arrived at, uh, to the game probably about 15 minutes later. I had a birthday dinner and uh, got, got in there and uh, missed the first, like... 15 minutes or so and you know having now seen the replay of that 15 minutes the best attacking play we had was uh you know in that first two minutes you know in that first mm-hmm. half anyway chances to Ola and you know that sort of miss hit cross from Camp Sober and it actually all came through Paulson uh we played this very high line and you could tell straight away that the Wanderers took notes from City 
uh, the week before. Uh, they were playing a really compact style uh, and we and, and looked to play on the break. Uh, but as soon as they settled in, it was just impossible to break down. And, you know, your awesome little video, Jace, around the, the slowness in transition yeah, we were lacking speed in transition, but also leg speed. That they're the big takeaways, and you know the formation structure as well. I don't think we're really using our weapons in the way that we should be, and I'm talking about Andy Naboo primarily. Yeah, Bud, you were talking about that last week. That right now the forward structure isn't playing to the strengths of Andy Naboo or or Toivonen, and I think that was on show again on Friday night. They. You can sense the frustration. It's only round two, and you can really sense the frustration uh, of both Ola Toivonen and, and Andy Nabu, whose uh, whose body language is a little bit. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's it's great at the moment. Yeah, those two guys are absolutely dumbstruck by what they've um, walked into this year. There's there's no two ways about it. We suck at the moment. Um, West Indies Wanderers. I'm, I'm going to say they they weren't much better than ours um, than our attacks, but um, they looked a whole lot more fluid than ours. Defensively, I think for that first half we looked fine, like we did the week before. But that midfield of Broxham and Paulson, it's just apart from his first two minutes where he put some nice balls in, uh, it's too slow and static. Same issues with Naboo and Elvis's last week, and uh, neither can beat a man. And Ola's just looking crowded and isolated. And uh, unfortunately for us, I made the calls earlier in these podcasts that if Christian Paulson is good, will be good. If he's not, this formation's going to fall over and he does not look like the creative upgrade on Troisi that we'd hoped for. And in the first 20 minutes, I'm, I'm going to say it, our best attacking outlet to the front three was through Storm Roo, but his game full fell in a heap as well. Um, I even noticed that quick throw-ins, we were taking quick throw-ins, the four quick throw-ins that we took went straight to the opposition. And... Um, it just it just got to a point in the game where City at um sorry not City um Western Sydney Wanderers started copying what City did. Georgievsky just started killing Elvis and Bacchus and Sullivan. Wow, what a what a what a midfield pairing they're going to be for the future. Um, Academy kids just coming good. They strangled us and uh, you saw a guy in Maya. He looked seriously underdone, but they kept servicing him. They kept servicing him in the way that we weren't servicing Ola and you know when you get a dangerous guy in dangerous positions and he he is not afraid to shoot goals happen man and uh the attack looks completely broken and I really want to know what Marco Kurtz has done to our man Ola Toivonen and because he's um he's not the same player at the moment yeah, and the frustration is, is showing through. He's He's been named captain only about you know, two or three weeks ago, and uh, there's also already been some comments on the FES message boards about perhaps the, the body language not being there. Um, and it's he's, he's going to need to work it out with with, uh, with Kurtz. He's really going to work it out. Um, Michael, we'll bring you in because I think as as badly as victory played, I think that Western Sydney were, were pretty tremendous in the way they, they um, shaped up and the way uh, they played. Um, there was some really outstanding performances. Uh, Bacchus, of course, scoring that goal as well. Uh, and as Buzz said uh, with Sullivan, I, I think that uh, Western Sydney really came to play and, uh, and were really decent for their three points. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a positive out of that, you know, those two players you mentioned, Sullivan and Bacchus, um, we're talking about academy players, you know, mm. we didn't need, these weren't superstars that came through. And I know we mentioned Meyer um, earlier, but, you know, the key players that came through were, were Bacchus and, and, and Sullivan for us. Um, I mean, when you look at the the play, particularly in the first half, you know, we I didn't think we were particularly inspiring. Um, I thought nil-nil was probably the, the, the right, you know, first half scoreline to go into the break. But um, at the end of it, all it really came down to were two chance opportunities that Bacchus and, and Meyer later took. So, um, I mean, there's still some stuff that we need to improve on, I thought. But um, all in all, uh, it seems like our academy um, sort of prospects are starting to pull through and, and our focus on youth as opposed to sort of bringing in big-name players is, is, is really showing. Uh, just picking up on Mick's comments regarding academy players and youngsters, this was something that I was just incredibly jealous about watching the game because yeah, we, the... the Creativity is one thing in the midfield, and we've talked about that. But uh, I think energy is another. And Branton Lawton, for me, has to come in the next game. Yeah, you know, he's featured throughout the preseason for us, and has been a, a really, you know, obviously encouraging youngster to start to come through and on the fringes of the first team. And to me, he just has to come in. Um, and I can't really. You know, there's no other kids really that we're seeing, and I think for Kurtz, uh, you know, he's he's taken on the biggest 
job in the land. And, you know, I think he's taken a conservative approach in these first two games because, you know, he wants to get off to a good start. But uh, contrast that with Barbel, you know, he's thrown kids into the mix. You know, they're missing, you know, they lost their number 10 even before the season started. So it's not a personnel issue and he's put faith in his kids. It's time for Kurtz to do the same at the Buck. Yeah, I'm trying to think, buds, of what the solution is to this because right now you've got uh, pretty much you know Poulsen and and uh, Dobris as well, um, who are in the midfield, and there's not too much apart from Basha, who we still are yet to see a full 90 minutes from. He, he's basically the only hope in terms of turning this midfield around. Um, Timmy Hoogland, um, Hoogland, I think I also got pulled up on that pronunciation. Uh, he's out for six weeks, and we know that he can play as a defensive midfielder. With the with the, with the form of Donakine, Deng, you probably think that maybe uh, there's some varieties there or an option to slot him into midfield when he does eventually come back. But right now, um, Lawton and Basher, uh, you know, it's 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 a risk and it's a bet that um, that those two players may turn around this midfield. But right now, it's our, our only options. Well, you you, you kind of have to do it. He's got, he's got to do something because for two games now, Paulson and Broxham have just been turned over and turned over and turned over. And unfortunately, we're not getting any intensity in the wings and overlap from Rue or Brown. You just saw, you want to talk about intensity. You know, Mitch Duke's intense. Adam's intense. Uh, Daniel Georgievsky is the Energizer Bunny. He just plays it. He plays at 99 all game. And, you know, they had that all game and we had absolutely nothing. Um, I would like to see Lawton come in. I don't know whether he's a starter yet. And look, the calls are, you know, we've got to keep our powder dry and people are saying Kurtz needs to build into the season and he's building a squad for the future. But I don't really agree or subscribe to that because he's signed three times 36-year-old yeah. players. <laughs> he is signed for the now. Um, it's the A-League. Half majority of the guys are on one-year contracts. It's like you, you need to hit the ground running. Uh like um, Josh um, Josh Parrish, our boy Josh Parrish, pulled Marco Kurtz up about the game style and the, the tactics and the crossing in the post-game. And, you know, Mar- Marco really didn't come back with anything that was great. And then he, he mentioned about, you know, guys like Adama Traore, they were late signings, all these guys are late signings. And we know that we're underdone and playing catch-up, but... How how long how long is that acceptable for in this yeah. league? Like how how long can you accept that that you you know oh we'll be ready by round eight we'll be ready by round nine it's um it's not really what you can do maybe you can get away with that if you're Newcastle Jets or Perth Glory or Central Coast Mariners but definitely not in, definitely not at this team. Well, Michael, how was the Western Sydney Wanderers preseason in terms of at what stage of the off season were the signings made and how were the the preseason games um, how were those results? We used to remark that our uh, signings and our preseason were always a bit dysfunctional, you know, in the past with Popovich and and Gombau. You know, we never really had a complete preseason. Um, but I mean, this year this is a bit different for us. We we had a very good preseason. We had some great results running into it. We haven't we didn't lose apart from the FFA Cup game, uh, running into it. And the majority of our signings, with the exception of Maya and of course the new import, just the other week, um, came through um, quite. Um, uh, sort of early on in, in, in the preseason overall. Um, in terms of, you know, the comment that you make, Buds, about the um, sort of how long does that last, I agree with you in that, you know, for, for a club like Victory, that's no excuse. You know, it's a big club. Um, and, and for a club like Wanderers in Sydney, I would also agree that, um, you know, big clubs, you, you can't, you know, get away with that, you know, till round eight and nine for it to start gelling. Um, uh, but I think, you know, uh, I guess looking back on, on seasons that we've had, We've had seasons where they're going, well, you know, when will it gel? When will that happen? You know, oh, it's going to come. It's coming. It's coming round eight, round nine, whatever. But half the time it doesn't come. Um, half the time the other teams have figured you out by then. And then you've you've lost nine valuable competition games and points, you mm-hmm. know, sets of points that, that um, ultimately matter at the end of the season. So, you know, the exception being to the rule being Adelaide, who, who were bottom till, yeah. till I think round 10 that season. But, you know, I don't think that cuts it and I think that's really just sort of prolonging the inevitable um, when it comes to criticism of Kurtz. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm very much pro finals and pro playoffs because I've grown up as an Australian sports fan and always been uh, a part of that culture. But I also don't like the idea of signing players to gel in round eight because I still want a good season. I want a good home and away season. I don't want to limp into finals, which is apparently what we just do now. We decide that we, we 
uh, sign players late. Uh, we gel. Uh, we take some time to gel, and then we'll figure it out before the finals. We might finish third or fourth and, and try and steal it. Uh, I don't like that that kind of culture that we are currently cultivating at Belt Melbourne Victory. That we are um, just trying to scrape by until finals. I think it's in. Despite all of these issues, I think it's important probably not to get too carried away and start hitting the panic button as well. Like, I'd just like to remind uh, everyone of uh, season 2012-2013, a certain man, uh, a certain man named Angelos Postacoglu took the reins at our club. And in the first two rounds, we lost. We lost 2-1 to Hart uh, City. Uh, and then we lost 5-0 to Brisbane. Uh, I think, and in fact, I think he lost the first three, or sorry, the three out of the opening four games. Uh, Everyone wants to react right now, um, and, you know, there are obvious deficiencies, but I I don't think we should be getting too alarmist at this point. The the whole gelling thing uh, is is, is often talked about topic but I think it, it does make sense in the context of the late arrivals that of, of our signings you know the fact that Hoogland and Cruz aren't available yet so look panic button is there at the ready but we shouldn't be pushing it just yet uh we shouldn't but I just want to bring up one thing though uh Buds I'll let you go first I'm also getting Ange Postacoglu vibes with some of the duds that uh, Kurtz has signed. <laughs> like you, you talk at, when, when I when I think about Ange's time at, at Melbourne Victory, I think about Johnny Brew. I think about Spasid Delevsky. Who was the other muzzer that we got that was David Veer's best friend? Theo, Theo Markellis. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about all these absolute shit hacks that we had that played really bugger all. Now, are you telling me that you can see that Christian Polson's going to be good on 36 degrees in January in Perth? He's going to suck, mate. This guy's a dud. <laughs> Um, oh, so you Dr. love Christian going Yac- early. Jakob Polson, no, I've <laughs> Jakob Polson, Jak- yeah. Jakob Polson, no good. Christian Dobras, no good. Well, let me uh, let me I've, that segues segues mate, well mate, into these kids, these kids are no, not kids. Dobras, there's a reason that a 26 year old attacking midfielder was able to come to Australia because no one wanted him. That segues well into um, what Archie Thompson asked Andrew Nabu after the match, and now we all know that uh, Archie Thompson is not the most polished media performer, and usually as a as a special comments or a boundary writer or a sideline reporter, you don't really usually try and throw an, an individual player under the bus when you're interviewing uh, his teammate, but that's exactly what Archie Thompson did when asking Andrew Nabu about uh, Dobris. We, we've got a little audio grab here that we'll play. Um, quite amazing stuff. Obviously, Dobris, number 10, still finding his feet. Um, do you think he just needs a little bit more to try to connect with you guys up front? Because uh, that, that number 10 is vital for you guys to be making those runs. Do you feel like he needs to get on the ball a little bit more, or is it just a collective thing? Um, no, I think it's a collective thing. We need to switch the ball a little bit quicker and, um, and you know, just kind of put teams on the back foot. We've got pace up front, and, um, you know, we utilise it at times tonight, but I think we've just got to use it more and, um, and try and link up with the big man up top. Yeah, uh, Andrew Nabu playing the diplomatic role there, um, playing a straight bat to some criticism from Archie Thompson. Uh, yeah, pretty interesting, I thought, um, that Archie Thompson uh, outlined or uh, highlighted the, the player, Kishan Dobras. Uh, but he was, he was quite ordinary, and you're quite right, buds. Yeah, look, Archie Thompson is no wizard on the microphone. I actually thought he might have been a bit drunk this week. He, <laughs> he, the thing is with Archie Thompson is that he's not new to it. He's been on the Fox coverage for about two years, and he actually looked like he was starting to get somewhere last yeah. uh, last year. He got on the microphone this Friday night, and it was just like, what? what are you doing? It was like a deer in headlights or... He just got this phone call that, I don't know, that he'd lost all his money just beforehand or, you know, the mafia was after him and he was completely shook because he just had no idea what he was doing on the microphone. And then the next day he was um, at uh, the Western United game and kept referring to them as Western Sydney. So um, Archie's been not that great, but Kev was back on the microphone too this week and we got absolutely slaughtered. We can't go there. No, we're not allowed to go there. So it was really good to see Kev again. Yeah, we, we got sorted like uh, at no other time in doing the podcast for four years that we uh, copped as much vitriol for uh, for calling out the coverage of Kev on the Fox Sports last week. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna gonna leave that. Uh, were there any positives? Uh, Adama Traore not taking part, obviously under Dunn was a little bit of a disappointing one. Um, Corey Brown was Corey Brown. Did Corey Brown things? Do we have any kind of positives from the game that we can draw? Yes, we do. 
Elvis came sober. Uh, the energy, you know, that he displayed for, for 90 minutes was tremendous. And as soon as he moved into that central role, I think things opened up for us a little bit. And, you know, he, a lot of the attacking forays just were channeled through him. Uh, I, I think that was encouraging and perhaps, you know, could be the solution to Dobras if... Uh, if uh, Buds is right and he's a complete and utter spud, um, yeah, we may see more of Elvis centrally. Um, I, I'd like to add to that in that, you know, when I was watching um, the match, every time Elvis got the ball, I was worried as, as a Wanderers fan. You know, I was barely worried when the boot would get the ball because he, you know, I always thought he was going to run it in and, and just sort of lose it, which most of the time he did. Ola Tobin and um, usually had his back to goal whenever he got the ball, but every time Kansova came on it, he was creating chances. He's quick and he runs at players. And you mentioned Mo Adam on our side earlier, and yeah. Kansova does the same thing. He, he takes players on. He's he's willing to go for it, and he's he's skillful enough to do it. And he can finish. I know the goal last week didn't count, but um, it, it was a very good finish. It was a very good run, and and I think definitely that he's he's a player that was the most dangerous. We're talking about older players being signed, and especially you're going to get those older players in the um, in the defensive midfielder role. I've really liked what I've seen from Schwegler. Um, how, how do how do you how do you rate him from the Western Sydney side, Mick? He's he's a very good player. Um, you know, we've been calling him the Swiss General because he really marshals that midfield. Um, but the thing the thing he does, you know, that that I think a lot of people miss is what he allows backers to do. Is that with him on the field, Bacchus is more free, um, and he's able to sort of push forward, create chances without sort of having to drop back and do everything. Last season, we were seeing Bacchus really coming in back and forth, and and sort of playing both the attacking mid and defensive mid, and and really having to run that in time midfield himself. But with Schwegler there, he's able to to sort of bomb forward, and and he knows that he's got Schwegler behind him to sort of clean up. And we've seen that the last couple of weeks already that Keanu Bacchus has really come into his own. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's largely in part to how Schwiegel has played. And, and, you know, he almost got that free kick as well, so he can obviously hit him too. So um, I think he's going to be a great player for us this season um, and, and an important one as well. And we haven't had a good DM for a long time. Now, Buds, the uh, votes, um, the Lion medals, is that right, Dave? The Lion medals votes for the player that's of the correct. year? That's uh, correct. Who yep. got the votes this week? Oh, I'm going to have to quickly pop those up, boys, because... Uh... Uh, I did write them down. So I hope you can find them for Maya. And, uh, just just before we get into the votes, I'll give you some time, buds, to um to get those votes. I'll ask uh, Turner. Uh, we ask you about this every time you come on, but now that uh, Western Sydney have opened up their new stadium, uh, we obviously know the the documented issues with the uh, the the supporter group there. Um, I've completely blanked. What's their name? The uh, Red and Black Block? <laughs> the RBB, yeah. RBB, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've completely blanked on them. Uh, the much, much publicized issues. Um, now, has the new stadium solved those issues? I, I saw some uh, some criticism of the crowd for the first match, 17,000. Were you surprised by that? Do you think that will be the norm? Um, what were your impressions first week back at uh, the new Parramatta Stadium? Um, I thought, you know, it was a 17,000 is a good crowd. Um, I know we copped a lot, especially from Sydney FC fans, but they only had three fixtures last season that had more than 17,000. So, and that was against you guys, that was against us and um, a, a finals game. So at the end of the day, you know, for a match that we, we got 5,000 and 8,000 to the last two times out, it's a, it's a, it's a great attendance figure for any club in the A-League. Um, the stadium has changed things. You can sort of see that the fans are starting to pile back in, um, you know, it, the casual observers starting to come back because Parramatta is a bit more of an experience on match day than, than say, Homebush. Um, and the RBB are there as well. And, and, and it seems like the behind the scenes that the club, the stadium and, and the police, the FFA, they're all starting to chat and they're, they're having conversations. And, you know, um, I mean, we had a, a pulley system TIFO on, the, on uh, the first game for the Mariners game, which is something that only comes, of course, with, with collaboration with all the, um, uh, the different stakeholders. So, you know, it's a sign that, conversations have been had and, and it's positive steps and you know um, it, it almost feels like you're walking on scorched earth sometimes with the, with the active support groups but it, it definitely feels like they're making some progress but all in all the stadium's great it's it's you know seeming like that it's sort of reinvigorated everyone the fan base and you know it's like that new toy um, probably how you guys felt when Amy Park first opened you know that you know, it's a it's a it's a nice home. You can build into it. Mm. You know, it feels like that. It's a great place to watch football, and you're sort of really excited to go back again. Um, and that's really what it felt like. And and you know, to to scrape a result um, is good. But you know, I guess we'll really see 
how sustainable the crowds will be, um, probably depending on our results over the next couple of weeks as well. Looks just beautiful. while we're on the... Oh, after you, mate. I was just going to come in, chime in with the votes. Um, I can't wait to come up to Para. I'm going to do everything I can to um, destroy my wife's family's Easter and come up there for Easter weekend when we play. Um, three votes to Elvis Camp Sober, two votes to Ola Toivon, and one vote to Tommy Deng. Dave? Yeah, look, while we're on the topic of crowds, uh, almost exactly half the attendance of round one uh, on Friday night of 17,000. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for the resurgent North Terrace... Uh, I think it would have been extremely grim. Uh, just, uh, it's just. Uh, I don't know if it's just Marvel Stadium and people just, you know, obviously sound gets drowned out when the seats are in, and the South End is a bin fire right now. It's just woeful. Uh, I just can't wait till we get back to Amy Park for that, you know, energy to 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 come back. Uh, things are pretty grim when it comes to uh, Marvel Stadium right now. I just, yeah, I have no uh, you know, strong desire to head back there, but obviously I will. Yeah, it's good to see them back uh, down at level one. I think that certainly does add something. Uh, we'll be playing, as Bud said, um, we'll be playing at Paramount Stadium in Easter. Um, I think that'll probably be likely the one that the competition winner chooses to go on, the Patreon subscriber, the away trip. I think that'll probably be the away trip that Patreon subscriber does choose to go on. Uh, so they'll see Turner there. Um, Buds might see Turner there. Thank you very much, Michael, for coming on. Um, we'll get you on again later on the season. Thanks again, mate. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, and I look forward to buying you Buds a beer and, of course, the competition winner. We are very, very excited to have an all-time victory legend join us on the line now, all the way in Brazil, uh, championship winner with the Melbourne victory, Guy Finkler. Welcome to For Vuck's Sake. Oh, thank you, and uh, thank you. thanks for, for having me. I'm, I'm excited to, to speak about uh, their time in, in Australia. Where, where in Brazil are you at the moment? Are you back in your hometown? Yes, I'm back in my hometown now and living with my family and I uh, spend as much as I can with, with all of them. Great, great. Now, we did play the Western Sydney Wanderers on Friday night and every time before we play them, uh, your free kick, your famous free kick gets replayed on social media uh, over and over. Is that your number one most favorite moment as a player at, at Melbourne Victory? Uh, I I think so. Yes, because uh, because of the goal and and everything happened after that. But uh, I, I cannot forget what happened before that. So I was back in from uh, ACL surgery, and that was a big season for me with victory. I was coming on at a, as a sub. I played every game that season, so it was was really special for me those moments and. Uh, that goal was was very good, and uh, I think was the the Giffinkler mark. I think everyone everyone remembers that, and yes. I'm, I'm not different. You know, I'm still I'm still following the A League, so I I, uh, I know every result, every game. So I'm really happy when they put up on the media. You know, memories cannot forget. You cannot erase from from everything. Of course, now you are very well known for taking free kicks and, and scoring goals from free kicks. What is your secret and how do you practice and how do you approach a free kick when you are taking one? Uh, look, I think there is no secrets. It's just training over and over and over. You know, every every time I had a, a time free and in and, and training sessions, I'll pick up the ball, some mannequins and even put a beep on the goal if we didn't have a goalkeeper, it just practice, you know, getting the confidence high 
you know, when when happened the game, uh, you know, just just be calm and do what you do in the in the training session. Sure. Now, I want to talk about your time just briefly before you came to Melbourne Victory. I'm looking at your your past clubs before you came to Melbourne Victory, and you were at quite a number of different clubs, and you didn't yeah. really spend too long at any club, but before you came to Victory. So I want to know, like, how is that going from club to club from, I guess, the early stages of your career? Did you feel unsettled and, and also... Why did all of a sudden, why did it all come together for you at Melbourne Victory? Yeah, look, I think, uh, first of all, Brazil is very different than Australia. You know, it's a it's big number of players, a lot of clubs, a lot of interest from 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 everyone. You know, it's a it's a big business in Brazil. So that's why a lot of players, if you pick, if you pick some players in Brazil, you see how much they change of clubs. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm not I'm not exception. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just in the same line of most of them. And uh, you know, just going to Australia, it was it was it was adventurous for us. You know, it's a it's a it's a new country. It's a new league. You know, I, I knew one guy that played in Australia before, but you know, I didn't know much about it. Mm-hmm. And it just it just came along for us, you know, for me and my wife. We just really enjoy our, our time. And if I could stay, I would stay even more in Australia. You know, we just it just come up to to move to New Zealand after. But uh, I was I was really happy in, in Melbourne in mm-hmm. in Victory. You know, I just really enjoy my time. Become champion was very special as well. Now, my research tells me that you played your youth football in Brazil for Juventude. And then you yes. also played for Cassius uh, in Brazil, yes. who are big rivals. What was that like, crossing from one team to another, their biggest rival? Yeah, but I moved when, when I was really young, you know, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a bit different. But, uh, you know, that's a big rival in, 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 in our city. And, uh, you know, we, 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 are just, we are just players, you know. We just mm-hmm. move, move clubs and we just... just Keep it on, and uh, I had the opportunity to play in both clubs as a as a senior as well. Yep. And uh, it, it 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 was a bit different, you know. Just come up, you know. The supporters hate you in one day and love you in the other day. So yeah. You just you just to take it as a as a granted and then just go for it because you are a player and you know you 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 cannot make everyone happy in the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Now, how how did the signing to Melbourne come about? Who, who approached you, and how did that all get organised for you? Yeah, look, uh, uh, I had I had a friend that he played last he last season in Brazil, mm-hmm. and uh, we we played together. I was really young, and he played for Adelaide a long time ago. Okay. He called Fernando Heck. Remember him? Uh, who was that? Fernando Heck. Oh no, I don't remember that. But my uh, my podcast yeah. host Dave will surely remember that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he was a striker in Adelaide, and we played together here. And he was talking about Australia, the league, and everything else. And I said, "Look, if something comes up, I'll be happy to go." You know, and I was in two thousand eight. I think you'll be the first one to know that. Uh, I was very close to go to Gold Coast. Wow! But okay. I think in that yeah, but I think in that year they they came out. Yeah, if I'm not wrong. Yes. Uh, they would have been close. Yeah, there was uh, major troubles. Yes. Yeah. So I was I was really close to go, and then in the end he said, "Look, the the the, the offer is off the table." And I said, "Okay," and then I I I keep playing here, and then in. 2012, he called me again. He said, "Look, I have opportunity to go to Australia again." And I said, "Okay, let's 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 try again." And uh, victory came up, and I was I was really happy. That's why <laughs> everything happened here. Yeah, I think that's very lucky because Gold Coast, uh, yeah, very much uh, had a lot of troubles in their time uh, in the in the A League. So very lucky. Um, 
Yeah. What, what was it like adjusting as a foreigner in the league? Number one, the playing style, very, very different to Brazil and also adapting to a completely new country. What was that like for you in the early days? Uh, it, it was it was a big difference, you know, for me. But I played in England a long time ago, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I still keep in my mind the way they play. And Australia tried to... to because everyone watched the Premier League, I think it's a it's a style that we try to <laughs> to to duplicate. So, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a very good coach in the first year. He took his time with me. He tried to talk to me like Ange, you know. So he he had a lot of patience on me. Yeah. Because because the language, you know, the culture that I came from. So that there was one guy that uh, really helped me to settle really quick and. I think from from the first friendly game I play, I really really enjoy myself, and from that from that day, I just just keep going. And I, I know that you suffered your knee injury from a very rough tackle. Is that correct? No, man. No. That was that was just me. I know. I just <laughs> my knee just bubble, and okay. that was it. <laughs> okay. And nobody nobody touched me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there was yeah. Most most of those injuries just happen. I was just I was just reading about uh, Dino from Perth Glory. Yeah, he did his knee in the grand final. The doctor said he needs a surgery, but he didn't do it, and he's he's playing. So yeah, you know that's that's good to hear. Very risky though sometimes, and you you took a long time. That the the team kind of really nursed you back into the squad um for for a long time when you came back you were starting off the bench for quite a while was it was it a frustrating recovery for you getting back into the team ah look you know just it happened for me in brazil in 2010 so Mm -hmm. i knew i knew what expect from from it so it's a lot of patience you know try to try to not think in, in in play very soon you know just Try to walk, run, gym and gym, you know, and, yeah. and training, you know, just you have to be really strong mentality, you know, because otherwise you just give it up because it's it's a long, it's a long, it's a long run until you start playing again, you know, just, but I had an option to come back to Brazil at that time, but I said, no, I want to run, I stay here with, you know, everyone, you know, so that was, that was good look, victory really looked after me at that time so I was, I was really happy the way they they managed my, my, my surgery, my recovery and everything else Now what are your memories of the Melbourne Victory fans I remember back in your playing days when your contract was coming up for renewal a lot of the fans on social media were asking the club to ink the fink, what was that yeah. like for you, the, the, the just the admiration from the Melbourne Victory fans? Ah, look, I think we have those things just when we play football, you know. Just it's um, it's really really pleased for me to 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 know that a lot of players want me to stay, and I, I was I, I wasn't different, you know. I really want to stay as well. We just <laughs> took a bit of time to 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 talk about the contract and and everything else, you know. Just, but I was really close to 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 stay. All the time, I just you know just talking and mm-hmm. and I was talking with with Kevin at that time and and the chairman as well. So I was I was really happy they wanted me to stay and I was happy to stay. So that was that was something very good and uh, you know it keeps in my memory all the time as well. Now you are back in Brazil. Um, obviously, you have fond memories of Melbourne as a city. What do you miss most about uh, being? Back in Melbourne, what's what's the number one thing you miss? Oh man, that's a lot of things <laughs> I miss in, in Melbourne. To be honest, you know, <laughs> we had we had a great time. You know, it's a it it's not it, it's a number one city in the world. I think for me that I lived, I spent four years. Mm-hmm. That was something that you keep in my mind all the time. And you know, playing for for a nice club, you know. Big, big supporters, all the games, nearly full stadium. So mm-hmm. it's something that I miss. I the most is playing football, to be honest. Being yeah. in Amy Park, you know, playing in front of the good crowds and the crowd that I knew they they like me. So it's one thing that I, 
enjoy even more playing for, for them. Absolutely. Now, you are back spending time with family in Brazil. Are you officially yeah. retired from football? Uh, look, man, I had I had a few options to, to go overseas again. Okay. But uh, my, my, my wife is pregnant. We are having another baby next month. Mm-hmm. So I really decide to, to stay in Brazil yeah. right now. And uh, I don't know, maybe... Maybe in a few months, I would say I'll go back. Yeah. Maybe in a few months, I would say, look, I retired. I, that's it for me. But I'm 34. I'm, I'm still feeling pretty good. You know, just, you know, something that's that will be hard for me to stay or retire because I play my whole life since I was five years old. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's something that I think about my family right now. You know, I have one daughter and... Luca is coming, so it's it's nice to to stay close to family right now. I think. Yeah, certainly. Now, you, your last club that you did play for was in Lithuania, which is very very obscure. How is living in Lithuania like? Uh, the city that I lived was really small, but uh, the club the club was playing. They qualify for Champions League and Europa League. You wow. know, some that, yeah, that was something really excite me. I I just signed. Six year, six months contract mm-hmm. because they wanna they wanna make the team stronger for for those games. Okay, and we did we did pretty well, you know, play against Apoel from Cyprus. We we managed to to go through, you know, the year before they play Champions League, so they qualify. So wow. we we beat them. After that, we play Red Star, mm-hmm. and then uh, there wasn't there wasn't great games for us, but anyway. And then we passed one stage of Europa League as well. And the last game we played against Celtic. And I played against uh, Tom Rodic. Wow. So that okay. was good to see him. Yeah, that was good to see him. And then the Celtic beat us. And then they went through the Europa League. But, uh. you know, those, yeah, that was, that was a good experience for me. That was something I, I really want to play. And when I had the opportunity, I said, why not? That was just six months. And... That was good for me. I, I really, I really enjoy. We we won the league as well, so that was good. Certainly. Well, Guy, we are uh, we certainly love watching you in a Melbourne victory uh, shirt. It's great to hear that things are going well in Brazil, and congratulations on the upcoming arrival of Luca. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on to for fuck's sake today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And, and uh, you know, it's always nice to hear that. Uh, People still remember me, and uh, that was something you keep in my mind forever. Thank right. you very much. Thanks, Gay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. preview the next match which is Brisbane Raw playing Melbourne Victory we are away from home this one is on is it a Friday night yeah Friday night again um, at Suncorp Stadium uh, Brisbane Raw coming off the buyer they drew last uh, week in round one against Perth Glory one all um, uh, a last minute equalizer there to um, to get that one all but coming off the buyer this week they'll be refreshed after their one week uh, victory have a lot to prove coming into round three this is going to be a big big one to really see where we're at and see if we're improving at all if we're taking on any kind of uh, criticisms, criticisms or suggestions to to improve this squad and this shape and this team. Dave, um, how do you think this bodes for us moving into the round three match against Brisbane Raw on Friday night? Look, um, with with Brisbane, you know, they're in similar circumstances to us. They've had a, a lot of turnover in their squad and obviously a new manager as well. Robbie Fowler's come in and you know brought in largely sort of UK based signings and. They're just getting back to basics, um, you know, playing an extremely compact, solid brand of football. Uh, they've got Big Roy up front, who, uh, as we all know, is is certainly a goal threat. But I think um, they've just got a lot of good young Aussies as well um, to complement that British kind of feel that 
Fowler's brought brought there. It's a hard one to read because uh, you know I think ultimately when we go up to Brisbane, uh, the confidence is always don't, down. We don't seem to get that many good results up at Suncorp. Uh, but it's a good opportunity to actually get out of the Melbourne bubble for Kurtz and you know perhaps an opportunity to rethink a few things tactically. We've been absolutely monstered um, and teams have figured out that they can just close down and not give us any oxygen, you know, no time on the ball. And perhaps it's an opportunity for us to let the other team take the ascendancy and hit other teams on the counter. Now, that sort of runs contrary to the fact that our transition yeah. game ha- hasn't hasn't been, you know, what we'd like it to be. But we definitely need to rethink and we need to see, see Kurtz take a different approach in this game because teams have figured us out. Uh, look, it'd be it'd be it'll be nice to see if Adama Traore is uh, up and running for this. All all um, indications are that he will be, and he was held back for Corey Brown purely on a um, you know to protect him because he got up sore. It'd be nice that the boys aren't on the rock hard concrete like Marvel Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, so a bit of a softer ground because I really think the only way that we can effectively play a counter-attacking game is with the Dharma Traore at a fullback. Um, yeah, there's, 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 this one's really hard to analyse because you've got a you know, this stupid bye week coming in, so you you really only you can really only judge Brisbane Roar off a uh, a one-one good draw that they got away to Perth, and you know the. The um the familiar faces they've got in Roy O'Donovan, Stefan Mork, and uh, the rest of them are the uh, the Brexit boys. And we've got we've got an old Vuck boy Jai Ingham on the uh, on the bench who'll probably come in for some minutes and probably play a blinder. So um, you're right, Dave. I think it'll be good for Kurtz to just get away from Melbourne for the week, get away from the uh, the exposure and the, and the intensity. But um. <clears throat> It's really hard to know where we're going to get our goals from this week. But that being said, we'll probably bang in two and get a 2-1 result, which I'm really hopeful of. Yeah, of course, not a goal from open play in the first 180 minutes of the season, which is quite concerning considering the firepower that we do have up front. Um, things need to improve just all, all across the pitch. The uh, the attacking needs to improve. The the midfield distribution uh, needs to improve. The, the defense is probably the, the most solid part of our um, team at the moment. But uh, there's there's improvements all across the board that needs to be made. Um, yeah, just Dave, your thoughts. Look, um, <clears throat> against the Wanderers, you know, they scored goals from a couple of mistakes that we made. So, yes, the defence has largely been okay, but those concentration lapses obviously killed us. So that needs to be sharpened up. And I think, you look, I I thought it was interesting that um, I heard quite a few boos for Corey Brown at at, uh, Docklands on Friday night. Uh, I thought that was just out of order. I don't think he, you know, obviously isn't first choice, but at the same time, uh, you know, I don't like seeing that. I don't like seeing our own fans getting booed, particularly as, like, he, he's got a decent cross on him. It's just his positional awareness that sometimes lets him down. Obviously, Adama's first choice there, and if he can, I'm fairly sure he'll come straight back in. But um, Lawton, for me, I, I said it earlier... I think he needs to come in um, and obviously a statement needs to be made, whether it's Dobris, whether it's Poulsen, that they need to lift their output. Well, this is where the, the real kind of difference between Kevin Musket and Marco Kurtz may come into the equation. Does does Kurtz make a risk? Does he take a chance um, or does he do the old Kevin Musket thing, which is just keep doing plan A? Um, it's going to be fascinating to see that this is really where you know we're talking about you know does our new manager have a plan B? We probably just assume that he did, but this is where it's really going to come into question here. We can also see Basha; uh, he's not to be counted out, you know, taking part uh, or greater part in that midfield. Um, so I think yeah, you, you'll look to see either Dobris or Poulsen omitted from the team they have to there has to be some kind of example made of uh, at least one of them I'd say probably you, you may give Dobris another chance Poulsen uh, is looking every bit of the 36 years old that he is um, so it'd be yeah, fascinating to see what uh, what Marco does this Friday night 
Well, they both got hooked, didn't they? <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. They were the first two that got hooked on the um, on Friday night. Look, I think um, Kurtz. I don't know whether you guys listened to the Kurtz uh, presser afterwards. He indicated that Basha has only um, trained six times with the squad, and he doesn't think that's enough yet. Um, but you saw as soon as Basha came on that his first instinct was to get ball, pass ball to Ola's feet. Um, we really need to utilise the most creative and intelligent striker in the league that way. We, we really can't be just putting crosses into the box where he's not there and he's being played out of position and he's having to track back because he's had enough of the midfield. Um I think the the change really should be Paulson for Basha, but I just don't think... I think Kurtz is going to be a stubborn manager that's like, you know, you need to have this many training sessions. You need to be up to speed. Obviously, you're going to have sports science that's going to dictate um, and the strength and conditioning coaches who's ready and who's not. Um, but, yeah, you, you, you really need to see minutes from the youth players. There needs to be an injection of pace. There needs to be an injection of intensity in the squad. Brown will go out. Has there been a bigger whipping boy in Melbourne victory history than Corey Brown at the moment? I'm struggling to think of one. We've had some over the years, but I think I think what Corey's actually facing at the moment is um, some serious vitriol and almost hatred. And yeah, I think you're right, Dave. I think it's pretty disgraceful to be booing a player within the first 45 minutes of round two. Um, it's it's not good enough. It's not really acceptable. Um, we know he's got his limitations, but he's definitely not first choice. I would say almost the funnily enough, the uh, the biggest whipping boy that I can recall. Uh, actually, two of the biggest whipping boys that I can recall actually came good eventually in Danny Allsop and Matthew Kemp. Kemp, yeah, yeah, that was a huge one. Yep. Kemp in the, the the first few matches, he he absolutely copped it before eventually becoming somewhat uh, of a victory legend. So. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm very, very uh, unsure of Corey Brown. Uh, I wasn't at the game. I won't comment on the booing. But, um, yeah, he he's a, he's a squad player at best. In, I think his role is probably that off the bench, providing relief to Adama Traore when he can't play. Um, predictions? I don't, I'm scared to make a prediction here. Dave? Uh, look, before I get into a prediction on uh, Friday night, just uh, everyone, everybody just calm down, all right? <laughs> We, some of the outlandish reactionary stuff, people writing off players, people writing off Kurtz straight away. We win this on Friday night. We're up to four points. It's a bit of a foundation to build upon. Uh, I, you know, obviously, start panicking if you know, in about three or four weeks' time we still haven't registered a win. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's give these guys and let's give Kurtz a bit of time because ultimately... It's a new manager. It's a new era. This isn't going to happen overnight. It is something that will take time. And look, everyone's got different definitions of what time means. But I think I still hold faith. I still think that Kurtz is going to be able to extract the best out of this uh, out of this squad. And I think uh, some of the, the foreign players just need a little bit of extra time to bet in and get a sense of what the A-League is like. Uh, We've, 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 you know, four out of our five visa spots are completely new. So I don't think we've ever had that level of turnover. So that that's my parting comment. And as for predictions, I think we're going to have a, a jammy 1-0 win with Andy Naboo to score. As you boys know, we have been down this road before, very early on in the season. As podcasters, we don't want to gets uh too carried away but uh i can't help it we have to do a weekly weekly podcast it's uh it's natural to uh to react uh as it happens buds what are your predictions for this match um just following on from what dave said i have full faith in marco kurtz but i am i am gonna stand firm and double down and write off paulson i don't think he's good enough and i don't think that dobris is good enough too when you're going to bring these visa players in and they've got the pedigree that they do. Uh, and, you know, you lose players like James Troisi, who which we all wanted to stay. Um, and he was a whipping boy as well. Let's not... Uh, your, visa, your visa players need to make some kind of impact straight away. And I'm just not seeing any signs. But, yep, um, prepared to be proven wrong but I, I have full faith in Marco Kurtz um, I think Bash is going to be a decent player too I think we're going to get a 2-1 win I, um, I'm just going to base that on trying to be positive 
and thinking that we can turn this around and learning. It's one of those buzzwords with um, coaches and sports now, learnings. It's a journey. So, um, you know, there's no league in the world where you sit back and you go, wow, that was an eternity ago, like the A-League. So, um, yeah, 2-1 win. Let's get it off the ground and running. And, yeah, as you said, Dave, too, we, we do have a point. It's not like we've lost both games. So um, that they're the positives that we can draw from. We can learn and we've got enough quality. So 2-1 win. All right. I'm, I'm thinking we'll probably get one point away from home. I don't think we're, we're good enough yet to win a game. Uh, it's uh, it's sad, but uh, hopefully things can still come together. Um, that's about it for, for today. Dave, I think you've still got some uh, final thoughts. Oh. Yeah, look, just coming back to that whole visa question and the players that have come in and out, not just the visa players, but, you know, Cruz was the replacement for Barbarossus, obviously haven't had him. If you could say Paulson has come in for Honda and Dobras has come in for uh, Troisi. And thus far, you know, those three players that I mentioned, apart from Honda, you know, they they were acclimatised and... A-League ready, all those players, you know, they played in the league before, you know, many, many seasons. And I think it's just a question of adjustment. Uh, and look, obviously time will tell if that is the case or if they are actually to be written off. Uh, I'm not writing anyone off yet, but yeah, uh, let's let's see how we fare up at Brisbane on Friday night. Okay, so that's about it for this week of FVS. I think this worked out pretty well. Um, hopefully in the uh, the wash-up when I do all the editing, it, uh, it comes across as a consistent sound. Some kids in the background. This is the, uh, the, the, the life we live these days. Kids screaming in the background. They sound like crows sometimes in the background. But <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, whatever. FBS is continuing. It's good to have everyone back. Um, it's the family little, show. Yeah, this little remote podcasting thing opens up a world of possibilities for us to just ramp up the content. I think um, we're going to do a few extra podcasts on top of the weekly ones that we do. Um, I want to do a fantasy draft one with you boys in a couple of weeks, maybe. Mm. Uh, all-time Vuck fantasy drafts. You guys pick two teams and... Uh, yeah, I think we'll do that in a couple of weeks' time and maybe a few other things in store as well. A reminder to um, to subscribe to Patreon, patreon.com slash for fuck's sake. Also, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, for fuck's sake, is the handle. We do vary the content across the three platforms, so follow us on all of them to get up to date with everything that's going on with FBS. Buds, see you later. So yeah, and don't forget to get on the FVS forums because they yeah. are new. They are nuclear at the moment. It is red hot. And Dave, good to have you back on finally uh, as a yeah. part of FVS. Oh, feels pleasure, good, Dave. pleasure to be back. Pleasure to be back. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the rest of the season and chatting more. All right. So goodbye for now. And mon the fuck, mon.